Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod. We're an exit not optimized, but our play is sure as hecker fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, welcome to episode whatever, season 13, spooky October. I think it's still October. Hold on, let's see. What's today? It's 16. no longer October. 17. Uh, yeah. But it All is right. season 13. We've, uh... Let's see, so far we've had uh, an episode about dinosaurs, an episode about Black Instance, two episodes about Doctor Who planes, and guess what? We're back for more Doctor Who planes. Uh, We are plane chase junkies, plane heads if you will. If you don't know what plane chase is, go check out one of our previous two episodes. I also have a a whole playlist in the description for uh, every episode we've ever talked about Plane Chase. Um, it's a fun variant. You should, you should, you should definitely play because this episode we're going to talk about the next ten planes in the Doctor yes. Who universes beyond Plane Chase cards, <laughs> uh, alphabetical numbers eleven through whatever no 11 through 20 no the next 10 21 through 30 30 there we go uh is there any more explanation that i need let's let's just jump right in cool love this about us uh i'll start with the first one uh the first one we have is the matrix of time on the plain of gallifrey this says when you planeswalk to the Matrix of Time, each player exiles the top card of their library. During your turn, the active player, you may play lands and cast spells from among cards exiled with the Matrix of Time. Whenever you play a land or cast a spell from among cards exiled with Matrix of Time, that card's owner loses three life and exiles the top card of their library. And then whenever chaos ensues, create two treasure tokens. Very cool. I like this. Yes. And honestly, the chaos may sound like it's a throw-in, but just remember, this doesn't say that you can use any colored mana to cast those cards. So if you're running a two-color deck and you're playing and you somebody else has a card out that's colors that you can't use, well, the treasure tokens are there to make it, ha- make it happen for you. Um, to me, that's the only thing sort of slowing this down. Um, mm. Arguably, if all if all four players are putting a land or are put, putting a card into exile, in theory, our decks are what thirty five to forty percent land. If four cards are going out, there should almost always be a land. So you should be able to ding somebody for three life. Mm. A free light just just by playing just by getting the land. Um, yeah, and on top so, of it, um, it then replaces itself, which is nice. Yeah. So, like, you always have access to four cards, um, and knowing that when you pass the turn, those four cards are no longer available to you, but they're available to the next person is a good, a good indicator of uh, you should do your thing, and then try to roll to get out of here. Um, especially where the chaos would help you. Uh, the chaos helps because, you, like you said, 
Yeah. There, it doesn't remove the color restriction, so treasures will help. Yeah, you're um, right, Andy. I mean, there's no downside to rolling. Except, like... There's none. The, I mean, the biggest downside would be uh, prematurely getting out of there. Because then you can't play those cards anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but like you said, do what you can with the cards. Once you've done that, roll to get out. I mean, yeah. yes, you're gonna. The card that you put out is gonna be exiled, but I mean, realistically, it's gone anyway. I, yeah. You, you know, you, unless you're actually playing it on your turn, but then another card, your next card's just gonna get exiled. So, uh, you, you can't worry about that part. Just yeah. do what you can and get out. Uh, yeah. This is. <clears throat> there's a lot of these planes where, uh, you know, one side encourages you to stay, and the other side encur encourages you to roll where you could end up leaving. So there's always sort of a dichotomy with a lot of these cards. This one, there's no dichotomy. Oh, for sure. Do what you can and then roll, roll, roll. Uh, My mind yeah. instantly goes to uh, commanders like Lelia, where uh, you're just going to be playing your own cards. Uh, yeah. Sure, you're going to be losing maybe quite a bit of life, but you're also pumping up Lelia. Uh, also, uh, who's that? The Prosper, Tomebound. Uh, okay. Where it cares that uh, if you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. So that can sure. that actually synergizes extremely well. You play a card from exile that's exiled with Matrix of Time. You get a treasure. You can play another one, maybe a different color this time. So, right. Uh, yeah, that one's great. I like this one. Very good cool. job. Yeah. Very nice. Thumb up. <laughs> next one. Uh, the next one is Mondasian Colony Ship. On the plane of spacecraft. Oh, uh, another one. Whenever a creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until the end of the turn for each other creature, its controller controls, that shares a creature type with it. Whenever chaos ensues, turn target creature face down, it becomes a 2-2 Cyberman artifact creature. Okay. This yeah. one probably came out of the... Uh, one, one of the decks had a lot of face down creatures i don't remember which one it is i think it's the one head bite like missy or the dalek i don't know uh, yeah any any basically any commander deck that is producing tokens it, that's what that that's where you yeah. this is sort of aim this is here. neat and it is just shares a sharing a creature type sorry yeah so uh it's it's nice because it's it's not quite coat of arms coat of arms i think looks at the whole battlefield yes is that true um yeah but it, it will give your team, especially if you're playing a typal deck, like a mm -hmm. pretty big boost. Uh, and then uh, the Chaos ability will hopefully get rid of some blockers, or at least tone down the blockers. Um, but at the same time, like if you're using it to tone down blockers, rolling has an equal chance of getting away, and then you're not pumping up your creatures as much. Right. Um, so that's a, that's a tough that's a tough line to toe. But also, if you're if you're playing the morph deck, then uh, that chaos ability is great. Well, yeah, and if you're playing, the, but if you're playing the morph deck and you've got some morph creatures down, mm -hmm. you're probably not rolling because those morph creatures I just are mean look like, at each other and get the bonus. So I just mean to turn them back over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, that yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I I like it. I. This is one of those planes where I think there's there are some people who are never going to want to roll because they just are unwilling to leave. And there are other people who are just going to roll like crazy because they don't want to be there 
and either they're going to roll chaos and get to eliminate or you know limit the the nastiness of a creature or they get to leave so I can see there being some some people who want to roll a lot, others who never want to roll for this one. Um, so it's interesting. Up next, we've got the moon base. Uh, this one says low gravity. All creatures have two mana. This creature gains flying until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, chaos. Whenever chaos ensues for each opponent, choose up to one target creature card in that player's graveyard. Put those cards onto the battlefield face down under your control. They're 2-2 two, two Cybermen artifact creatures. Um, sure. Uh, I'm sure that there's flavor in that chaos. Uh, it seems fine. I don't know why it wouldn't just be like create a 2-2 two, two Cybermen, but I'm sure that there's, there's, I'm sure that there's something there. Um, I don't know mechanically how that benefits other than just like exiling something or not really even exiling something from somebody's graveyard, but temporarily removing it from their graveyard, I guess. Yeah. I mean, only the opponents are getting it. So your opponents are getting an extra two, two creature. Um, but if they've got no version, they're not getting the one they want, right? You're putting it onto your control. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like yeah, you're getting you're an just... extra two, two. Yeah, you're getting something out of their graveyard. That's really yeah. what you're looking for anyway. So um, um, The static yeah. ability is fun, uh, especially, you know, I think flying is so, I mean, I feel like everybody's talking about it all the time, about how, like, you're not playing enough things that block flyers. It's true. It's always true. Right. Uh, and this, uh, spoiler, can win games. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing to keep in mind, is that it says all creatures. So if you have six mana, you can make three of your creatures fly. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's it's there. Um, yeah. It also, uh, all creatures uh, doesn't mean just your creatures. Yeah. So like, it, even putting aside the like, uh, the, the, the politics of it, um, I mean, because it, it says this creature gains flying, so you can't activate it. Oh, no, it's only as a sorcery. I was going to say you can use it to make blockers, but because it's a no. sorcery, you cannot. So never mind. Forget I said anything. Yeah, and you can't activate anybody else's because it doesn't say that this right. is something that anybody else can activate. Something, so. something that always I've wondered about, and I don't think I'm getting an answer anytime soon. It says activate only as a sorcery. What if you have like Teferi at where it says you can play sorceries as instants? Can you activate this as an instant? I, I don't think so, but right. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you could activate it as an instant, then you, you know, declare your attackers and. Right. Yeah. But even then, if they declare blockers and then you give it flying, it's still blocked. So. Right. Um, but you, like if it if it yeah. said or like if you can do it at instant speed, you can create blockers for yourself. Um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just a little rules thing that I don't know. Um, next one. New New York on the plane of New Earth. Heard of it? No. Just, <laughs> neither have I. Um, at the beginning of combat on your turn. Until the end of the until end of turn, non-creature artifacts you control 
become 3-3 vehicles in addition to their other types and gain flying, haste, and crew 1. Whenever chaos ensues, create a treasure token and a 2-2 white alien creature token. Sure. Yeah. It gives um, you, the chaos gives you a, a, a thing you can turn into a vehicle and then also a creature to crew it. Um, this is fine. I think this is neat. I don't know how often you're going to be turning your, say, your your soul ring or your, you know, whatever into a, mm-hmm. a creature that can be dealt with by easier means. Um, but... Right. Um, I look at this and I, uh, I think it's, I mean, it's less about the soul ring and the mana rocks or your, you know, six mana artifact that's harder to kill than it would be if it was also a creature. Um, I, I think this is more about the treasure. Yeah. So, I mean, with chaos, you get to create a treasure token, which you can crew for one and make it into a three, three. Um, I mean, that sounds good. And it also makes it so that, you know, if, uh, well, no, you can't, it doesn't give it vigilance. So you would have to tap the treasure. So you couldn't just then tap to sack it if it was targeted, but whatever, it's a treasure that's doing three points of damage. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't I keep, seem yeah. bad. I keep thinking about a lot of these, um, as like, what would they be in universe? like in magic universe yeah and this is clearly and i mean obviously visually as well like new cabana you know yeah oh yeah uh especially with the treasures and the vehicles like yeah spot on i like it uh it seems fine this is this is good i like this one it it seems adequate enough you know yeah i wish that i played played a little bit of plane chase over the weekend Ooh. Uh, happened to have a smothering tithe in one game, and it got up over 40 or 50 treasures. Would have been really nice with New York, New York. But what are you going to crew 50 treasures with? Well, there were a lot of... I, I also had a lot of token creatures out. Oh, okay. So it would have been nice to turn all those little puny 1-1 tokens into 3-3 flyers. Yeah. Uh, I could have finished some game there. Yeah, but, I uh, think flying and haste are are key here yes um, so uh speaking of flying uh the next one we have is north pole research base on the plane of earth heard of it uh yes at the beginning of your upkeep target opponent draws a card and creates a treasure token now this is something i can get behind uh <laughs> chaos whenever chaos ensues create a 2-2 white alien creature token when you do tap target non-token creature and opponent controls put a stun counter on it amazing this uh, this just makes me think of my Vazi deck. It, I love giving people treasures. Um, card draw, sure. Like, it, it's it's tough, but, I mean, it's Christmas. And the chaos is, like, pretty strong. Uh, you, get, uh, you get a creature, and you get to tap uh, somebody's blocker with yeah. a stun counter. Or, not even a blocker, you can tap their, like, activating... You know, whatever. It's great. I like it. I I'm interested to see how this would play out because I mean, it's going to depend on the game. There is, you know, there, if you've got a game where there's a clear leader, mm-hmm. then obviously you're just picking opponents who aren't who isn't an opponent who isn't that person. 
if you have a if you have a game where one player just got mana screwed and they're way behind does everybody give them the card and the treasure because suddenly that's three cards and three mana in one round uh i i don't know if that's if that's okay or not um, but it's it would be a nice it, it's it, I can see this as as an easy way to bring somebody who's trailing behind a little bit in the game right back into it. Mm. So either way, I I get a kick out of it, and yes, I love a good uh, I love a Santa slain and reindeer in the yard. Uh, that's that's just awesome. So I do like too that like so you're giving. You're giving your opponents things, which I always enjoy, because mm-hmm. it, it creates a tension between the other opponents, but also um, it gives you a choice. You're you yes. now like, and more choices is better. Is how everyone's always talked about magic generally, uh, and it can never be you. It's not target player. It's target opponent. So like you're ne- you're never getting your own benefit. Somebody else has to give it to you, which is cool. Right. That already incentivizes you not to roll because hopefully someday somebody will give you the the present essentially. Right. Uh, but wanting to roll that chaos is a greedy choice because it's you've got a one in three chance of either getting it and like doing something evil to an opponent, but also you have the it's either that or you roll away and then people stop giving right and because you're giving that gift on the upkeep by the time you get to roll you've already given it away yeah the next turn maybe you're the one who's going to get it yeah so um yeah it it does it creates a nice little mix there and i love the idea of all right well it's my upkeep uh andy i see that big creature in front of you is it going to attack me on your turn? Because if it's not, I have a gift. But if it is, I'll give the gift somewhere else. Mm. I, and I don't, yeah. And I don't love that this can be so easily broken where people play like things like Narset or, you know, things oh, that yeah. make you stop drawing. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, be nice about this. This is fun. I like it. And hey, if you're running Nekasar. <laughs> it's less a gift and more a punishment. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take another point. So, all right, next one up. It's the Ood Sphere on the plane of Horsehead Nebula. The ability is Song of the Ood. Non-creature spells have Convoke. Uh, whenever chaos ensues, for each opponent, goad up to one target creature that opponent controls. Until end of turn, those creatures can't become tapped unless they're being declared as attackers. So none of this tapping your creature for mana to avoid to avoid the goad. But like you can because it's only until end of turn that you can't atta- you can't tap it. It's not until the end of its turn where it has to attack. So like you come back around to like say you know, say you're player three, I'm player one, right? I goad one of your creatures. Until the end of my turn, it can't tap unless it's attacking. Okay. But it, when it comes to your turn, it's no longer until the end of, until end of turn clause is finished. Okay. So you can tap it, right? Like, I'm, 
reading that yeah. correctly, right? Like, yeah, it, that's it's not it, it's far less exciting than I thought it was. Yeah, because I was hoping they were it, locking this out, but they're not. It's weird um, because I think like most people would read it that way, um, but I like the convoke um, thing. It is, yeah, and it's also set up with uh, well, it, and it prevents you from playing um, or from using that creature. To convoke, yeah. To convoke, yeah. I get um, that. That that makes much more sense. I it, so, thinking about it in the context of the card, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's weird because it's one of the, it's one of the few planes where everybody gets it all the time. Yeah. Non-creature spells have convoke. It's because a lot of times it's at the start of your upkeep or at the beginning of your turn or you know the active player gets a benefit and this is one of those ones where no, we're changing something about the world. And everybody gets it all the time. I, I you know, I, I can get behind that. Um, but it does mean that the only time you either want to roll or don't want to roll is when you're either in favor or not in favor of the chaos ability. And if the chaos ability is goad, then and you don't want to be there, man, just roll. I mean, you're either goading your opponents or you leave. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, they're, they're, I don't, you know, Without, without having a reason, a strong reason to stay, you know, if you don't like the convoke aspect, then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so. I'm a huge fan of convoke. What, it's one of my favorite abilities. Right. Um, it, feels, it feels good to, to do, um, obviously, especially with instance. Um, but you I and like I this. tend to play creature-heavy decks, so... Yeah. It's not surprising that Convoke is something that we're excited about, even yeah. if it is just to cast mana for rocks. As, or... For as often we as we talk about how great Vigilance is, the, the, the Convoke goes hand in hand. Definitely. Um, up next is Pompeii. The city of Pompeii on the plane of Earth. Heard of it? Uh, when you planeswalk to Pompeii and at the beginning of your upkeep, put an eruption counter on it. When you roll a blank on the planar die, scry two. Then put an eruption counter on Pompeii. What's a what's an eruption counter? Well, when chaos ensues, Pompeii deals damage to each creature and each player equal to the number of eruption counters on Pompeii. Each player player sacrifices a land, then planeswalk. So, uh, cool. I um, love that they're using the blanks on the planar die to do something. For sure. So, I mean, uh, this this plane just encourages you to roll. Yeah. I mean, you get to scry too. Four out of six times. It's also like game ending. Like if you're late enough, even if you're at 12, like it is not, it's not that wild to get to 12 because it's, you get one when it gets there. You get another one on the next person's turn. Say it goes around to all four players. So you've got four in the very least. Say they each roll twice and it doesn't happen. That's another eight. That's twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're dealing twelve to each creature and each player, somebody's probably dying. If I, like it's it's not yeah. like twelve isn't a terribly low life total. It's it's right. low. Don't get me wrong, but like late late enough in the game, like this this well, could just end it. Yeah, um, it's interesting because. Uh, the chance of planeswalking when you roll is one in three mm. because even when you roll chaos, you planeswalk after the chaos. 
So that those odds go up. So in essence, you've got four out of six to, to get your scry two and add another counter. Um, yeah, I would be... I'm just not figuring out the math in my head as to what the likelihood. I believe I believe the average number is probably going to be somewhere around three. Mm. Um, but three damage to each player and each creature is significant. Uh, it's yeah, that, that's not chump change. And like you said, all you have to do is beat the odds by a little bit. I mean, even six damage to every creature and player—that's a hit. Oh, most for sure. Of, most everything is going to die to that. Um, I so. I think too uh, beyond that, like even so, you have one in three chance of leaving, but in that one in three chance, you have a one in two chance that it no damage is done, because yeah. if you get planeswalk, you just leave. Nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, so that's neat. I like that. I like that little bit of nuance there with how you yeah. want to roll. You're watching those counters build up, and you know somebody wants chaos, and somebody else just needs. I just need to planeswalk away. We yeah. cannot let this happen. It can't happen. But you still have to roll. You have to roll to get away. Because yeah. if you're not rolling to get away, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I really, I really like this one. This is, yeah. It, it's messed up. It's messed up. And that scry too. I mean, every time I roll, I'm going to assume that I'm going to scry too. So after your free roll, does it make sense to pay one mana to scry two again? Right. I mean, I guess it depends what you did on your first scry. Did you did you swing them onto the bottom or did you leave one on top? Because at some point, it's not helpful anymore. But yeah, oh no, this looks like fun. Uh, that could be one of my favorites. We got three left today. All right. You ready to get to the final three of today? You bet. So the next one, Prime Minister's Cabinet Room on the Plane of Earth. Heard of it? At the beginning of combat on your turn, up to one target creature you control becomes a copy of target creature and opponent controls. Oh, jeez. Not even, not even up to one target uh, non-token creature you control yeah so your token creature can become their a copy of their best creature now will of the council is the chaos so whenever chaos ensues starting with you each player votes for a creature you don't control exile each creature with the most votes or tied for most votes what is this fiora oh feels great feels great <laughs> it's interesting because like you really got to be careful with the way you vote because that last person who's voting could is just going to pair or if one of their creatures has been picked mm -hmm. they are going to then also select one of the other creatures that's been selected so that way that creature gets more votes and one creature dies but if that opponent doesn't have any creatures picked of theirs yet, they are likely to pick a different creature so that the two remaining opponents lose three total. So it's sort of a, uh, an interesting you know, dilemma here because if I pick, I pick your creature and then Andy goes and you pick somebody else's creature and the next person, it's, it's interesting. You can, uh, you can probably, uh, you know, 
game this system a little bit to try and uh, maximize the amount of damage. Yeah, and I mean, or like, just go after the biggest creature, right? And like, this is this is just a uh, essentially a free uh, council's judgment, but council's judgment hits all non-land permanents, uh, so it's like a little fixed, which is nice. Um, and what's also go ahead another interesting one if you if uh, at the beginning of combat you make a copy of an opponent's creature as long as it's not legendary on their turn they can make a copy of your copy to get to get two of their own creature because they can't make Mm. a copy of their own creature yeah and it's not until end of turn either right so it's just there so then you're getting so suddenly everything on the board is turning into that same creature as long as it's not legendary, because it doesn't say anything about taking away the legend mm. aspect. So if I copy your legendary creature, you can't copy it back without just losing it. Yeah, I like both of these. Um, I like. Yeah. I like the 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 sneakiness of the interaction between the the, the two effects, um, because I think how this was probably meant to quote unquote meant to be played is like. You, you target a creature, um, you go through combat, and then um, your second main phase, you roll, and it's either you get out of there and nobody else can continue copying things, yeah. or you vote for their copy of the creature type of thing. Like, you're like, oh, that. <laughs> That's yeah. got to go for them, not for me. Right. Uh, and I agree with you, except if you're going to combat, you want their creature gone. So it's mm. funny, you may very well roll early and risk losing a chance at making your token or your wimpy creature into something really good in, in the hopes of killing their, their, uh, their blocker or whatever. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, and all I can think about is how that static ability works with Brutaclad because you can stack it. <laughs> oh, yeah there goes half of your deck in terms of like how you're trying to just create tokens of things. It's like, Oh, just make your mirror a copy of, or I guess like, yeah, at the beginning of combat on my turn, make the mirror token into a copy of one of my opponent's creatures that isn't legendary. Yeah. Boom. Now it sees them. They all turn into that one. Ah, yeah. I think you have to have, I think you have to have a, a creature, a token creature already on the battlefield for it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, up next, we get the Pyramid of Mars on the plane of Mars. Well, whatever that is. Where, uh, where else would it be? <laughs> right. Uh, when you planeswalk to the Pyramid of Mars and at the beginning of your upkeep, Surveil 2. Uh, for those who don't know, Surveil 2 is look at the top two cards of your library. Uh, then put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest on top of your library in any order. Whenever chaos ensues, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. This is fun. Uh, this is oh, yeah. low powered. This, uh, I mean, except for the chaos. The chaos is hugely swingy, but like, I think overall, like, it's almost boring. Like. If you continue to just roll blanks, which are is more likely yeah. than not, uh, nothing's happening. You're surveilling too, which is nice. Uh, and if you have a deck that cares about that, cares about 
loading your graveyard with things, mm-hmm. then it's going to be like a, a little bit of value. But otherwise, I think uh, this doesn't add too much to the game. Yeah, I mean, if if the only way I have to get my creatures back out of the graveyard is this card, then I'm not going to really take advantage of that surveil. I'm going right. to put my best creatures right on top of the library and not put them in the graveyard. Whereas this card is saying, no, put it, put those big things in the graveyard and then you roll right. chaos and you'll get it out. Um, yeah, it, <clears throat> it, I think this is, this is really deck dependent. And again, that's going to decide how, how you roll. If yeah. you're, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's fine. It's whatever. It's definitely not the most exciting. And our last one for today. Last one. Singing Towers of Derillium on the plane of Derillium. What? Each non-land card in your hand without foretell has foretell. Its foretell cost is equal to its mana cost, reduced by two mana. Okay, so you pay two and exile it from your hand face down, cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. In other words, pay two now and then pay the rest later. Yeah. Uh, Whenever chaos ensues, you may cast a foretold card you own from exile without paying its mana cost. Awesome. I love this. Uh, Mm -hmm. The thing you have to keep in mind is that you cannot play a thing or you cannot foretell a thing and then roll chaos and then play that thing. You have to wait right. until a different so It has turn. to be a later turn. Um, and given the likelihood of this coming back around, if everybody's rolling, odds are you are not going to get this back. You're not no. going to get a chance to do it. So you're, you're essentially... Pick the card in your hand. Pick the card or cards in your hand you want to foretell that you want to pay less for later and do that. Yeah. Which like um, is nice. I like that ability on yeah. its own. So like yeah. I think that the ex like there are plenty of uh planes that we've had previously that like with the one that puts things in suspend, you know, like mm-hmm. where the the chaos just ticks down the suspend faster. Like yeah. That's like this, where it's like, it's just a nice bonus, but like the static ability is already pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think you're, you're, you're not looking for the, uh, uh, to use the chaos ability on a card that you foretold. It's just not likely going to stick yep. around, which means essentially the chaos ability on the card is almost useless. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so put put out your foretold cards when you get the chance. Um, and the nice part is, like, with Suspend, you want to go too long. Like, I, I always, you know I don't want to put too many because it's just going to take so long for it to actually get rid of the Suspend counters. With Foretold, as much as I can afford. That's yeah. the downside. It just makes it cheaper the next time. The, I don't have the cards in hand, so... There's all kinds of, you know, you can get benefits from having more cards in hand. If somebody wheels or does something like that, you're getting a bunch more cards. I, yeah, oh no, I think this is yeah. a, I think this is a great card. Yeah, it helps uh, It helps if any of, your play, any of your opponents are playing any discard or, yeah, wheels, like you said. Like, it's not getting rid of anything in, in Fortel land. Right. Um, if you have more than eight cards, 
might as well foretell, or more than seven cards, you Why might not? as well foretell something. Um, and I think, too, what's nice is that uh, foretell isn't technically at sorcery speed. So, like, the like putting, yeah. like paying two to do something. So, like, if you roll Planeswalk, you uh, can respond to that by right. then foretelling, your, or, like, putting your things into foretell, mm-hmm. uh, and then flipping to see what the next one is. But your opponents can't because it says during your turn. Oh, uh, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's do very get that benefit. Um, so. I like it. Well, Andy, I think we're That's, done for today. Yeah. Um, again, I guess I probably should have said this at the beginning. Neither of us are Doctor Who Vians. Who Vians? Is that the. Uh, who whoians who whoites? We're not knowledgeable of the of the who of the universe. We're not doctors' assistants. We're not. Well, yeah. I don't know about you, uh, your wife uh, being no. a doctor and all. Um, you don't assist her in anything. Uh, <laughs> but My wife uh, is a doctor and a nurse. So yeah, uh, we don't fully understand a lot of the the flavor implications here. We don't understand a lot of the the, the places, etc. Uh, so go easy on us. Uh, we just wanted to talk about these mechanically as plane chase pieces because we love plane chase and so should you. But next week we got six more and then four bonuses of the phenomenon. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm excited to talk about them. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for this week. See you next week. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube, where you can see the big old planes on the screen. And our faces, of course. Uh, These cool borders I put around us. Uh, Good try. Uh, And uh, we'll see you next week with the rest of them. We're Temple of False Pod, where X and not optimized, but plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Thank you again for listening and watching on YouTube. Play some magic for me and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!